0: thinking aloud about film i'm jose i'm richard Uh, and today we're going to talk about a time to love so we were so interested in metin Erksan's uh the last film that we saw that we decided to continue with him for this other film of his that's on uh mubi and which i'm very glad i saw richard can you tell us uh, a little bit about the film
1: yeah sure it's i mean it's a very very different film to Dry Summer, which we talked about last time. It's a, a, a restoration by Mubi rather than by the Film Foundation. So it's apparently the first uh, time Mubi have done an in-house restoration. So well done, Mubi. It
0: looks beautiful.
1: It, yeah, it looks amazing. It's, it's a love story. It's, it's apparently based on folk tales. So it's about a man. He's a painter and decorator. He falls in love with a photograph of a woman he's never met that's on the wall in a house he's, he's working in. And after he's finished working in the house, he carries on going back and just goes back and stares at the photo for hours on end. But then the woman turns up, the real woman who owns the house. Uh, so she's a, a rich woman who owns the house. She's so impressed with his love for her photo that she falls in love with him. Um, and his reaction is, yeah, okay, fair enough. But to be honest, I prefer the photo. <laughs> So <laughs> there's a bit more to it than that, but it's, but essentially he's in love with the photo, not with the woman. The woman is in love with the man. The rest of the film kind of tells shows how this evolves. Mm.
0: I I like it very much, and let me let me phrase it kind of <laughs> in a different way. So I mean, central to this film is that difference between you know image. And being there is like this philosophical kind of debate about uh, these issues: Is he in love with an image, or is he in love with a real person? Is he in love with an ideal of you know the woman, his his ideal of womanhood, or there's this you know flesh and blood person next to him? She's moved by his love and also by his dedication. He has gone to this house every day, yeah, to kind of contemplate uh this image. Uh but of course, you know, he doesn't want to be involved with the messiness of emotion. Yeah, it's very easy to love an image because it's all you and your world and your head. As soon as you begin to interact with another, kind of things get messy and they're outside of your control and so on. So I think the film, you know, that is like a structuring theme in the film. Uh another one is about the nature of love, yeah, so you know, the woman is reading Ovid on, on love, what is love, right? Um, and, of course, there's also this thing about, you know, the supporting characters. Uh, so the guy's a painter. She's an upper-class woman. So class gets in, this way of, uh, in the way of this relationship as well. Halil's uh, best friend tries to encourage this. Yeah, first getting involved with life and outside your head and outside the image. Right, but of course the realities of structures and class and so on intrude. That's what I want to say because I think the film is easy to parody. In a way it's so involved in these ideas of life and love and art. And actually I think it's a real artist film.
1: I mean it felt like an art film but almost subconsciously sort of an art film, like someone had deliberately set out to make a film along the lines of Antonioni or something like that.
0: Oh, I think the influence of Antonioni is absolutely there. I mean, this is a film made in the style of Antonioni. I was um, very surprised because I didn't have I didn't have much time. I just saw the film. I just finished watching it. Um, but I went to get the titles on IMDb, and there's like a discussion after the film, and they're all talking about uh, uh, Bergman and Persona. And I'm thinking, no, this is like Antonioni, and a combination of La Ventura and La Notte, and
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: uh, those kinds of films that are really about alienation. Yeah, like yeah, here all of the characters, the compositions of the frames, the use of space, it all speaks Antonioni to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um. I I I loved it, right? But I, I do think it's a film that's very easy to parody. Yeah, it kind of, it's both melodramatic and artsy. And it's kind of like a combination that you have to give yourself to, or, you know, you could dissolve in laughter or maybe not dissolve in laughter, but it's very easy to make fun of. I would feel sad if people do. Yeah, because I think this is a very fascinating and very beautiful and serious film, really. Yeah. Uh, And and I would imagine very unusual uh, in the Turkey of its time.
1: One thing that's fascinating is just how completely different it is from Dry Summer, uh, which was a really kind of, you know, gritty and earthy film, very passionate film. And this is... Well, this is passionate in a different way, but it's not, you know, it's not gritty and it's not earthy. I mean, even looking at the, the fights, I mean, there, there are fight sequences in this, um, but they feel very artificial. The point where, where he goes to the, the firing range where the rich woman is with her, her, her rich ex-boyfriend and he then gets beaten up by the friends. But it's a very uh, kind of staged looking fight.
0: It's mm-hmm. all very symbolic. Yeah,
1: and you compare that to how the fights in uh, *Dry Summer* were, where it was it was very, it felt very real. So clearly, both of those are very deliberate choices in in, in filmmaking, I guess. So.
0: What the, what that says to me, perhaps erroneously, but my what I, my takeaway from all of that is, you know, that this is a great filmmaker in love and in communication with the cinema of his time, right? And you see the influence of Italian neorealism in the previous film, and you really see the influence of Antonioni in this film. Just the compositions, the way the characters are framed in space, and often they're like surrounded by emptiness. Right. That's such an Antonioni yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. It's also very architectural the use of space. Yeah. So um again you see like th- yeah, the influence of these characters. And also they're kind of trying to work out you know a life <laughs> a life without meaning yeah yeah which kind of love is what gives meaning to this right and then kind of you know the, the kind of love that it is is you know what's being kind of narrated yeah, and symbolized yeah. I uh, mean, throughout
1: I mean something else that is really striking because I think any, anyone who's not seen the film who's listened to this discussion so far and we've talked about this man falling in love with the photograph they won't realize just how big the photograph is yes. <laughs> i mean because you, you might be thinking oh, a little a4 t- size photo but no I mean, it's the size of a film poster it's, it's like must be like what f- two feet by three feet in, yeah. in in dimensions it's huge and he you know he's staring at this thing at one point she then says well if you like the photograph so much she, she gives him the photograph so she she carries the photograph to where he's now working and you then get this sequence where him and his friend are moving to a, a new job and he's carrying this huge photograph through a forest. And so you, you, you just see the 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 massive portrait photo of and it's, just, and it's just of the woman's face, this massive photograph being carried through the woods by these two tiny figures. Then later on he goes for a boat ride and he's, you know, he's rowing a boat and at the end of the boat is, is the, the huge photograph. And it's just a very, this woman's face floating through the frame is, is, is a very striking image.
0: Yes, it's a very, it's a very beautifully made film. I mean, from the very first shot, yeah, kind of the, the camera pans. And it has, like, this wintry landscape, and you see the ocean, and everything is bare, you know. And then the camera pans, and you see these two men talking, and it's pouring with rain. And they're filmed, yeah, from outside the window, so that, you know, the camera's moving left, and the rain is kind of falling down, you know. And that's how you're introduced, yeah, to the film, to the world of the film. So it's kind of, it's a bleak film. It's a film full of rain and desolation and so on, right? And then these three upper-class women, yeah, go to the summer cottage where there's no caretaker, right, and it's empty because it's out of season, and they meet this painter who ostensibly has been going there every day, right? And the class relations are established immediately because you would think the woman would be afraid of this intruder in the house, but it's the opposite. He's uh, bowing down to her, and, and clearly, yeah, you know, there are different classes, right? Uh, and he explains kind of why he's been there yeah, to contemplate the photograph, which turns out to be the photograph of her, right? So this is already the way that this world begins. And I think it has some really beautiful sequences. Uh, I think the sequence where she goes to visit at the place they're working, right? And the way that uh, the, the, the director shows you that she is now falling in love with him, yeah, is really beautiful because he's, you know, it's it's very subtly done. It's a question of like the lighting on his face, yeah, and the editing. But you know, you get a real sense that she is now in love with him, and it's very economical and kind of powerful and beautiful. And of course, then there's a the discussion because you know she's in love with him, he's only in love with her image, yeah, which, you know, uh, which is not her. Yeah. And I thought that was like such a kind of a fascinating philosophical distinction. Yes. Yeah. And actually yeah. one one that affects all of us. I mean, you could interpret that like, you know, you we've often had experiences where we fall in love with someone. And actually what we realize subsequently is we fall in love with the our idea of who they are rather than who they are. And then the relationship falls apart once you realize that your image of them and the them they let you see are not the same.
1: Right? Yeah, there's, uh, I'm trying to... Th- I'll, I'll dig out the name of it, but there's a film I saw a couple of years ago in a festival that was a... I mean, it's kind of a similar premise, but dealing with the problems of today. And it was a young man who... Basically, falls in love with a woman who he sees performing on a on a webcam, on a on a sex webcam, and then and then meets the woman, and it, and she's clearly completely different from the image he has, and and actually, so we're, when you think of it in that context, this idea of the man being in love with the image and not the woman is actually kind of a quite a contemporary thing in terms of people being yes. looking at that surface.
0: I mean, I think it all, it all. Is contemporary really I mean I think uh, um, I was I was very taken with it and I think you know the only barrier to this film is if you're afraid of art or artsiness if art or artsiness is a turnoff for you if you can not give yourself over to what the director is trying to do you know then you know this film is not for you but I really love these films with you know where, where directors allow themselves to take chances and you know, kind of, and symbolize and try to work things out and and try to find kind of new forms to do so, really. The film is very much of its time. It's clearly, it is very influenced by Antonioni. I think it is also a film that is incredibly beautiful to look at and that it has depth. We've been dealing with a lot of these films from this period, and I think this period is very interesting, particularly when in countries that are in transition from an agrarian culture to something else, right? And you see um, the clothes, and you see the attitudes, and you see the struggle with the attitudes, the aspiration to be modern, and what that could mean, right? So, I mean, here you have uh, a Muslim culture, uh, clearly very uh, unequal, yeah, uh, economically, The wealth is not divided equally, You do have this impetus for change. I mean, one of the themes of the film is about these two people who finally kind of uh, risk falling in love with each other, yeah, only to be prevented, to be murdered, really, for doing so because of class, yeah. I mean, so if you read it that way, it's very powerful, yeah, right. And, And you know, I think the whole last sequence. You could say, it's ridiculous. Or you could say, give yourself over and see how beautiful it is. Because, you know, at the end, the couple comes together. She's left her wedding to another man to come to him. And basically, you know, he's stolen a mannequin of a wedding dress, right? So he's got her picture. He's got the mannequin, yeah? yeah, and But he doesn't have her. And he's all lonely in this lake, yeah, kind of, again desolate and sad and beautiful right and then she comes and they throw away the painting they throw away the mannequin they finally risk connecting with each other and give themselves over to each other only for what to be killed by the upper class man right? yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think that's that's the thing about this one is, is that the you know the the plot is pretty ridiculous but if you give yourself over to it as you say if you can you, when you're within the world of the film and you're watching the film it makes complete sense um to you know those characters make complete sense you understand why they're doing what they're doing because there's so little information about this film can't find any english language writing on it the movie summary says it's, it's based on sufi folk tales which it being based on a folk tale or a myth does does kind of make sense because it has that Feeling about it, you know, you can imagine there being a story about a you know, a man who falls in love with a portrait. It is feels like a, you know, it's a bit like you know Pygmalion or, or you know, that that kind of myth. Um, so, it'd you know, be, be nice to track down what this is based on because presumably, if you're watching this in Turkey, you you know you perhaps are you perhaps would recognise that this is a bit like you know seeing a, a modern version of a story based on Medea or whatever it makes sense while you're watching it it perhaps makes less sense when you think about it afterwards but that doesn't matter it's fine
0: well i think for me it's a film that's linked that that is lingering and i do find it incredibly beautiful to look at right and adept right so you know there's that sequence where there's a party right it's just before the wedding Right. And it's a modern party. So it's the, the first party that you have, like 1960s dance music. Right. And then you're looking at the shadows and, you know, you're looking at the statues in the background. Right. And it's all like these couples and so on. And of course, yeah, it's like what she can't have or what she's not allowed to have. Or, you know, I kind of uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic sequence. And again, it's all being done with, you know, light and shadows and composition you know, I thought it was like uh, very beautiful and very typical of this film. Yeah, um, so it really kind of communicates the sense of of sadness, of raininess. Of there's a scene where the best friend runs down when when uh, uh, they find out that she's going to marry someone else and says, "Life is too terrible," or something. Mm, what does he yeah. say? Yeah, uh, in tears. And of course, really, the whole film is about that, that life is too terrible. Yeah, it's 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 sad and bleak and people are lonely. Yeah. And people are afraid to connect. Right. And, and, and kind of and every attempt at connecting ends in suffering <laughs> <laughs> as the established order gets reinforced, mm. uh, whatever pain they claim to bear in doing so. Uh, so yeah I loved it
1: mm. yeah, yeah yeah definitely <laughs> recommend it um, um, and, like, and unlike the previous film no animals were harmed in the making of this, this film which is which is good
0: and uh, it reveals to me that uh, Metin Erksan is, is a filmmaker I want to see more of and I want to know more about right I think he is clearly like uh, I'm very glad we saw these things because I'd never heard of him before I mean, I don't know anything about Turkish cinema, really. Um, But, you know, these are two really quite extraordinary films, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've done a bit of digging on you. There's not, you know, I can't find much about him. He seems to have made, I mean, he's made huge numbers of films. Um, He went later in his career. He was making, um, I guess you could call them exploitation films. He made like a Turkish presumably an uncredited Turkish remake of The Exorcist, for instance, that kind of thing. Um, so, I, 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 But again, a bit like Mertan Fay, possibly that kind of transition is a function of how the film industry in Turkey was working rather than, you know, his... his yeah, cause clear, clearly, he's a very, very talented director. But he'd been working since the 50s, I think. So, you know, these two films which were cl- quite close together, from, you know, one was 63, one was 65, were kind of from the middle of his career. And he, he'd been, he'd, he'd, he'd worked for for years, made many films, which obviously we we, 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 we haven't seen. And these two, I mean, this one, um, you know, even it, it's it was apparently, you know, in a list of the greatest Turkish films, uh, yeah, a, a list that was put together in Turkey. This was like number three, but even so, it's a very obscure film, and it, it's, you know, the the note about the restoration at the start of the film said, you know, the the only remaining physical prints were in a very bad condition, so this will probably be, this will this restoration will probably be the last time anyone can work from the original um, the original material. So yeah. yeah,
0: well, I'm very glad they did because it's incredibly beautiful mm. uh, to look at, uh, and I do think that uh, uh, Metin Erksan is a filmmaker to see and to discover. Uh, so, uh, thank you, Mubi, for giving us the opportunity to do so. Yep. All right. We have been thinking aloud about film. I'm Jose. I'm Richard. Well, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.
1: Bye bye. Bye.